I would like to invite Eshwan up. Uh, Eshwan is from Voice of the Martyrs, and uh, I'm going to just have a brief chat to you. I don't know how much you're sharing about yourself, but uh, a very warm welcome, Eshwan. Thank it's you. wonderful to have you with us. Um, it's great on Missions Month to have people coming from all sorts of places. Uh, and this year we've got the Persecuted Church, which is wonderful. Uh, are you local here? <laughs> well, I am from the beautiful Fiji. Oh, right. So you flew in this morning? Or? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Commitment. Speaker's fee. I don't want to see that one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so do you live in Sydney? Yes. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we live in Lawson at the Mission. Uh, where, sorry? At the... Oh, Lawson. Yeah. Oh, so you're in the mountains. Yes. Oh, okay. So you're amongst family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're in God's country. So... Um, so, how long have you been working with Voice of the Martyrs? Well, I'm sorry if I'm stealing your thunder, but no, no, anyway, right, I'm, I'm going right. to take it anyway. Yeah, so, uh, uh, we started Voice of the Martyrs Oceania in Fiji in 2018. Okay. And so, from there onwards, we built the ministry in Fiji and the Pacific Islands. And then, just this year, we were able to come and serve here in Sydney. Wonderful. So, you're new to Australia? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, Welcome. Uh, I hope you found... There you go. Thank you, Graham. I'm guessing you're clapping, Eshwan. <coughs> yeah, it's wonderful that you can be part of our community, not just in Sydney, but actually up here. So uh, so do you have a home church yet? Yes, so I attend Central Mountains Baptist Church in Hazelbrook. Oh, okay. So in Lawson... Oh, Hazelbrook. Hazelbrook. So who's the pastor there? It's Pastor Jan Dignall. Okay. Well, it's wonderful to... Uh, yeah, welcome. And look, we're looking forward to hearing from you. So Thank you so much. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so nice to be here. And uh, as I shared about my church, I bring love and greetings from Central Mountains Baptist Church. And if you're ever coming towards uh, Hazel, Hazelbrook area, you're most welcome to join us uh, for fellowship. Uh, my name is Ashwan Reddy. And as I shared from Fiji, and you must have seen uh, my wife and my two children, uh, my son, Ezra, he is seven years old. Um, in Fiji, we do not have a professional to diagnose autism. But by God's grace, uh, when we came here at the beginning of the year, we were able to have that. So we are really grateful for God uh, to give Ezra in our lives. And uh, now he attends Lawson Public School and he's in the support class, which we are very grateful because in Fiji, we did not have uh, much help for him. So, uh, and my daughter, she's four years old. She is, her name is Grace. She's getting ready for kindergarten. And my wife is saying, yeah, because she'll be, because she'll be at home resting. <laughs> I just want to share with you um, of how we're going to go about uh, this morning. I'm going to share a little bit of, about my background and then... Uh, about the, our ministry, Voice of the Martyrs, what we do, and uh, finally encourage you with the Word of God. So I just wanted to share with you about my family background as, um, you know, uh, when I met Sister Melanie, she was, uh, you know, both of us, we sat down and, we, and I shared 
shared my heart out to her, and uh, I'm so grateful uh, to meet her as well. So I come from a Hindu background, Hindu family background. And guess what was the profession of my grandparents? So from my father's side and from my mother's side, both of my grandparents, you ready for this? They were witch doctors. Witch doctors. And so you can imagine now how much of religious Hindu ceremonies we had to attend. And some, somewhere down the line, my grandmother decided that after her, I will be the next one to take over her. But God had a different plan. <laughs> and by God's grace, uh, God saved me at a youth camp. And uh, from when I came back, uh, there's a lot of story in that. I think Sister Melanie knows about that, but uh, I would love to share that another time. But when I came back and uh, I shared this with my mom and my grandmother, they were furious. <laughs> they were so angry. Uh, my mom said to me, you know, you have shamed the family name. My grandmother said, I was the favorite. So she said to me, bad things will start to happen to you now. And so to cut the story short, from so many spells to sores to even at times she tried to kill me. But God was, I mean, God is faithful. And my verse was 1 John 4, 4. And in my final year of high school, my mom comes to me and says, Ashwan, you need to sit down. We need to talk something important. You know, when Indian mom says that, oh, you have to watch your backside. <laughs> and so she said, I have two problems. I said, okay, what's, what's the two problems? She said, one, you're breaking the peace at home. And she said, you're sharing about Jesus to everyone here at the family. And by that time, I was able to lead my brother to the Lord. And she said, you can't do that. I said, okay, what's the second one? This would be interesting for you. The second one, she said, my grandmother complained to her that because of my presence there, it was affecting her witchcraft walk. She told my mom that I need to move out from there. And so my final year of high school, I go to my pastor and I said, Pastor, can you give me a bigger verse than 1 John 4.4? 4? <laughs> I've been just told I need to move out. And so my pastor said, well, don't worry. He said, uh, there's a single bed available at the Bible college. So you come, you stay there, and you see where the Lord leads you. And so when I came to the Bible college, I found a newsletter through Voice of the Martyrs talking about persecuted Christians. And when I read one of the newsletters, I said, my situation is nothing compared to what our other brothers and sisters are going through. And so I was so encouraged by that. And uh, I prayed. I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord allowed me to go to the Bible college, study more about him. And I started working with the young people and uh, with those who came from Hinduism, with those who came from Muslim background, uh, because... Uh, 
earlier on, I was, I was also, I also attended a madrasa, which is a Muslim training school. And so that's another, that's the story for another time. But that's how I, how we got to know about Voice of the Martyrs. And we built the ministry there in Fiji. And the whole idea of the ministry in Fiji was to engage the churches to commit to prayer. Commit to prayer. Prayer is so crucial. And that is something that is crucial for Voice of the Martyrs. And you'll be hearing that from me. And But before I go further and say anything for more, I want to say thank you for praying. All of, all of you who are here, thank you for praying for the persecuted church. It's so crucial. So that's just a brief background about me. And then the Lord opened the door for us last year to come and serve. So I taught, uh, so at, from the Bible college, uh, I was able to stay back and teach there. And so um, I taught missions, evangelism, and uh, discipleship. And so with that, Voice of the Martyrs was a very big thing there in Fiji for us. And the Lord allowed us this year to come. My role uh, at Voice of the Martyrs is the international relationship manager. So not only visiting churches here in Sydney, but I also um, work with our field workers on the ground. And I'm going to share uh, a story later on from that. Well, uh, I just want to give you a, some statistics so we can understand of what's happening, what, what is something that we are expecting uh, on a global stage in regards to Christian persecution. Uh, you may have heard that so many Christians live, uh, live in areas of high uh, persecution. I want to give you a number, just about 360 million. And we did an average, every year we do an average to see what will be like in the current year. And so this year when we began, we did an average that from all the figures that we had, that we are expecting that there will be 16 on an average, 16 Christians will die for their faith in just one day. That's an alarming figure, isn't it? Can you see a, a number in the bracket there? Number 13? That was last year. 17 Christians will be unjustly detained and imprisoned. Last year we saw it was 12. In the next one, you see 10 believers, Christian believers, would be kidnapped on a daily basis. Last year, it was five. And I tell you, the reports that we are getting, it has increased from 10. You know, what, what I have seen with Christians who are being persecuted for the last 20 years, we have seen that Christians, you know, um, they have died by shootings, bombings, beheadings. You know, what is happening to our wonderful earth? You know, we, we wouldn't have, you know, heard all this, you know, time, previous times. But now at this current time, within this last 20 years, 
you know, these things are happening to our brothers and sisters. And so we had Voice of the Mothers for the last 53 years. Um, we, we have existed to provide spiritual and practical assistance to our persecuted brothers and sisters. And not only that, but at the same time, the reason for me to be here is at the same time we want to give their testimony a voice to, to our brothers and sisters here. That we stand together and help as much as we can. I want to share with you a real life story about the founder of Voice of the Martyrs Ministry, Richard Wimbren. How many of you know about him? Okay, so many of you know about him, and uh, I would love to bless you with his book, Tortured for Christ. And uh, we have some other resources on the table outside. Please uh, don't miss the opportunity to take it, be encouraged by it, give it to someone who can be encouraged as well, and we want to give it to you as a blessing from us and as a thank you for your prayers. So for those of you who may uh, may not, not, uh, not know about him, but just a quick recap. Um, Pastor Richard Wimbrand, uh, he was imprisoned and tortured by the communist authorities in Romania for 14 years. And three years, uh, he went through solitary confinement. And uh, I want to share with you something from his book that Richard shared while he was in prison. And he shared this, I want to share with you. He said, it was strictly forbidden to preach to other prisoners. It was understood that whoever was caught doing, sharing the gospel, received a severe beating. So this is what he says. A number of us decided to pay the price for the privilege of preaching. So we accepted the communist terms, their deal. He said, we preached and they beat us. We were happy preaching, and they were ha happy beating us. So everyone was happy. Well, this book changed my life when I was at the Bible College. And I should uh, hope that as you take a copy, it may do the same impact in your life, or you may give it to someone that can be encouraged by it. And so Richard envisioned a ministry that would focus on persecuted church. And uh, not only that, but to raise a voice on its behalf. And so today, uh, with persecution increasing as we shared, you know, we continue Richard's mission to be a voice that cries out on behalf of those being persecuted. And so, friends, we are inspired by a familiar verse which is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. Now, I like to read this passage. And it say, uh, the context of Hebrews talks about um, believers, of how we can minister to each other in verse 1, verse 2. And in verse 3, the writer picks on by saying, remember, remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. You know, we, we, we said at the beginning, that, uh, 
Actually, I, I greeted you as brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, all those of us who come to faith in Christ, even though we are not related, you know, by blood or something like that, but in Christ, all of us come together as one. That's the beauty of being in Christ. And so whether we are here in the you know, wonderful, beautiful, free country so we can worship God however we like, or whether there would be our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan who worship in closed doors, or those who may be underground in China, you know, whispering in praising God. You know, we are one with them. We are one with them. And this verse encourages us that we are called to remember. We are called to remember. And so I want to share with you of how Voice of the Martyrs puts this verse in practical terms. And just very quickly to give you an overview of what we do, we have five ministry funds. And uh, so I'll talk more on that. But if you can see the first four which is highlighted, Bibles and Literature, Frontline Ministry, Families of Martyrs, and warm medical. Now I highlight this, I share this because so all of us can understand as you pray and as you give. These four ministry funds, 100% of the fund goes direct to the field. And warm ministry fund is where it looks after the Australian ministry, makes the newsletters, uh, pays for our allowance and things like that. And not only that, but the last ministry fund, if we don't have enough funds for our top four projects, then we take it out from there and put it, put it in one of these funds. So I just wanted to share how we operate so you understand as you pray. So very, very quickly, we are inspired by Hebrews 13.3 as how we help our persecuted brothers and sisters. Number one is by providing them with Bibles and Christian literature. Did you know that the Bible is the number one need of our persecuted brothers and sisters? And I was privileged enough to, um, to do a few projects this year in India, in Nepal, in providing Bibles. And I'm going to show you one later on. We also, the second ministry fund that you saw on the, uh, on the slide was um, by supporting frontline workers. These are pastors, these are evangelists, full-time Christian workers who are on the front line uh, saving Christ. And we do things like we provide uh, like a transport for them so that they can go uh, to very hard places where they can go and share the gospel. And so we help them as well. One of the things that I was very encouraged early on in, in, in my ministry with Voice of the Martyrs is helping the families of martyrs. I taught missions for about 10 years. And one I've never found as unique as this in terms of, you know, many times we concentrate only on the frontline worker as in the pastor or the evangelist and then forget about the family that he is with. What happens 
to the family if the pastor is taken to prison? Who provides for them? What happens if the frontline worker gets martyred? What happens to the family? And so we believe this is the heart of our ministry where we also help um, and we provide support and financial assistance to these families. And finally, this is something that uh, scares us. But we know, we expect it, because that's what the Lord said in Matthew 5, isn't it? Um, we expect persecution. They persecuted him. We will be also persecuted. And so many times we have seen now, as the trend of persecution, we have seen that the persecutors are making an example trying to make an example of the pastor to the other believers. And at times, it's not an example. So we receive so many uh, reports of, uh, you know, of injuries, medical injuries and things like that. And so we, we provide medical assistance for these believers as much as we can. So, the whole reason for me to share with you, you all of that is so that you understand the scope of the ministry of Voice of the Martyrs. And as you pray, you have a better understanding of it. And so Voice of the Martyrs is uh, very much dedicated to help our persecuted brothers and sisters, as you may have seen. And, uh, you know, with, with your partnership, with your partnership, you know, we can make a greater impact. And I'll share that with you later on. But first, as I shared with you, I want to tell you a, a, a story, a project that uh, just did in uh, uh, June. And this is um, Brother Gagan. He's from Nepal. And the year was 2020 when Gagan came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he lived uh, in a place called Lamki, uh, in a very rural district. And he lived with his extended family, three brothers with their wives and their elderly parents, all in one big house. And uh, they practiced Hinduism. And one day, uh, Gagan became a believer when Pastor Amos, Pastor Amos is one of our frontline workers. I was, I had the privilege to teach uh, Pastor Amos at the Bible College. And now he's over, he went back uh, to Nepal and he's overseeing nine churches. And so Pastor Amos went to Gagan's village and he was sharing the gospel and that's where Gagan came to know the Lord. And so when Gagan went back, you know, his family noticed all the changes. And so his family was not happy. And because of believing in Christ, Gagan was forced out of the family house. And he lived in a makeshift house. Uh, if you are able to see it in the picture, that's, that's, that's his actual house. That's Gagan, his wife and his daughter. You know, because of being a Christian, He was not allowed a few things. And as I was talking to Gagan, 
you know, I just kept quiet and listened to what he shared. He shared his heart out to me and said, you know, he was not allowed to participate in his mother's funeral just because of being a Christian. He was told not to speak or enter the house of his relatives. And I understand the next, next part is when he said that he was denied the right to be the pallbearer at his father's funeral. So one of the things as your last act of respect for your, for your parent who has died is to give a shoulder to the coffin box for be a pallbearer. That's a very major thing. That's one of your last acts as a son. And he was not allowed. And then the day that I was talking to uh, Gagan, he said, uh, just this morning, uh, he said, uh, we were denied, the ex uh, denied access to the family's water pump that they were using for cooking and washing and washroom and all that. And so straight, straight away, you know, uh, Pastor, uh, we, we got in contact with Pastor Amos and we said, we need to immediately help this brother here. And so uh, we were able to help their immediate need of a water pump. And, uh, and I tell you, persecuted believers, they are very evangelistic minded. And so what Gagan told me, he said, now he sits near the water, water pump and he allows his neighbors to come and use that and he uses that as an evangelism gospel sharing so he comes you know he shares the gospel through that and not only that but pastor amos shared with me that uh, gagan went with pastor amos to another village uh, to distribute bibles as well uh, that bomb funded and so you can see the heart of these believers you know they they love jesus and they do everything to go and spread the word. And one of the things um, Pastor Amos, he shared with me that when Gagan and him went to distribute Bibles to other persecuted believers, this is what um, he said. He said, watching them receive the Bible, I saw many believers, they kissed the Bible. When they received it, they kissed it. They said, he said, this is their commitment of receiving the word of God in their own language. Many of them only had God's word on a Sunday. That's it. And they would wait for the next Sunday of what the pastor will share. But now they have the Bible uh, with their own hands, with their own language so they can read it every day. That is the impact that uh, you know that we are making and so I wanted to share with, with you of how you know we remember persecuted Christians from that verse uh, Hebrews chapter 13 3 and one of the things that you may be sitting there and may think hey I want to be part of it I want to be 
know, I want to get to know more about it. And so one of the things that we have with Voice of the Martyrs is our magazine. Um, how many of you receive our newsletter, our magazines rather? Okay, you know, just recently in, from June, because of uh, we, we are now able to travel and verify testimonies and all that, uh, we have just made our newsletter totally different in from just um, six pages. We are now up to about 16, 14 to 16 pages of so many uh, uh, testimonies of our brothers and sisters. And what we are doing now is we're focusing on one particular country so that you can see the different things that is going there. You can get to know more about it. I tell you, this greatly encouraged my life. And as you, as part of remembering, as part of awareness, you're most welcome uh, to read this. It's absolutely free. Uh, if you are not receiving it, you're most welcome to sign up there. We have the QR code for tech savvy people, but we also have uh, you know, a sign up sheet there where you can just put your address. We will send it uh, uh, monthly to you so you can be encouraged by it. And not only that, but how we remember uh, is praying, as I said uh, to you. You know, in the Bible, in Acts chapter 12, verse 5, when Peter was in prison, this is what the early church did. You know, they prayed. And you know, from Acts chapter 12, verse 5 to 25, what happens. You see, Prayer is, the, is central to the life of the church. Think about that. The earnest prayer of believers affects the outcome of events. And I can tell you testimonies and testimonies of our persecuted brothers and sisters where you know, they were about to be executed and the cell was not opening by the Taliban. They were trying to open it to go and kill them. It was not opening. The key is not working. You see, prayer changes things. So please continue to pray. And uh, one of the things that we also have, uh, which we would uh, like to share with you, is in the first Sunday of November, uh, we are having an international day of prayer for persecuted believers. And I'd like to invite you to pray as you meet here on Sunday. Uh, please do join us uh, pray in praying for our persecuted brothers and sisters. So I wanted to close by, sh uh, by encouraging us this uh, very day. Now as I see the see all of you from here I see so many of you being mature in the Lord and I'm sure what I'm going to share with you is just just a, a reminder for us or a refresher for us you know with all these COVID things happening and all that you know about what as a church we are meant meant to do one of the things that the Lord Jesus shared and Peter 
continues to share in 1 Peter 1, 22 and 24 is talking about loving each other fervently. Loving our brothers and sisters. Now we start there, isn't it? We start there loving, loving each other. As we do that, we love the world, everyone in the world as Jesus loves. And so that's very important for us believers that I want to share with you. That's a great lesson I have learned as I minister to other persecuted brothers and sisters. Secondly, I want to encourage you uh, from the verse that we looked at, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. He talked about remember those who are in bonds. And when, when you look deep into the Greek there, you find that it talks about remember continually. You just don't you know, remember them today and then forget about them. That's, what, that's how we show that we love them, isn't it? We remember them. And I wanted to read you, to you a passage from Matthew 25 and 34 as I share the last point. In Matthew 25, 30, 34 verse, to verse 40, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see or we feed you? Or when, when you were thirsty? Or when did we give you a drink? When did we see you, see you a stranger and take you in? Or when, did we, or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer to them, by saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of, the, one of the least of my brethren, you did it to me. So I want to encourage us to serve graciously in your local community, in your church, in whatever the way the Lord reveals to you. You know, I would like to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit reveal and walk in, in your heart of how you can make an impact in the lives of our persecuted brothers and sisters. Now, I want to challenge you by this as I close. Let's not just sit on the sidelines and watch and do nothing. But let us, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, let us together, let us stand and be on the supply line to these persecuted brothers and sisters so that we would be able to make a global impact around the world. So thank you so much for praying. Thank you so much for the opportunity to listen. I'd 
highly encourage you, please, we've got resources there. We want to bless you with those resources so that you can be a blessing to others. Please, we've got so many books there. Most welcome to take it, read through it, and be a blessing. Thank you so much. God bless you. Don't go anywhere just yet. <clears throat> I think if I don't pray for you right now, it would feel very strange. Uh, so we're going to be praying. So please join with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, what a blessing it is to have Eshwan uh, and his family uh, with us this morning. Thank you for the story that you have given him. Thank you for the, for the salvation that you have brought into his life. Uh, thank you for calling him through his pastor to a single bed at a Bible college and then calling him through a pamphlet uh, to now be uh, in this position to uh, proclaim the need uh, to support our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted across the world. Father God, we, we do pray for those who are uh, being persecuted by family, uh, by their communities. Uh, Lord, we pray that you give them a faith that is firm and founded on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you comfort them, that your Holy Spirit will continue to convict them of, of the, the presence that you are with them and that you comfort them in all these times, Lord. Uh, we thank you for the ministry that is happening. We thank you for Gagan and the pump. Uh, Lord, as you provide for his needs, he is proclaiming the gospel by that very pump. And we pray for those souls that are hearing that gospel. We pray that they will come to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, that your Holy Spirit will convict their hearts. And Father, that whole community, including Guggen's family and beyond, Lord, will all come to Christ. Father God, we pray for perseverance for all our brothers and sisters who are suffering at this time. And Father, I pray for Eshwan's ministry. I pray that you will uh, bring this message into many churches and that through this message uh, that more and more of uh, your people will be engaged with the wider and broader need for uh, support and prayer uh, for the ministry to the persecuted church. And so, Father God, uh, we thank you this morning and we thank you that we can be engaged. We thank you that you work your purposes out through persecution and we pray for our brothers and sisters who are suffering. And more, uh, in, and also, Lord, just be with, uh, be with Eshwan as he proclaims this truth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.